Hello, and welcome to The Uncertainty Principle. It's a science comedy podcast brought to you by the Curio Network. I am, as always, your physicist co-host, Dr. Ben McAllister. And I'm your marine biologist co-host, Dr. Taryn Lobenstein. Oh, Taryn, there's a little bit of like a kind of, I don't know, more professional energy about the way you've introduced yourself today. I'm into that. Thank you, Ben. You know, I'm feeling professional. I'm I'm going on a work trip, which always makes me feel fancy. Oh, well, that is... <laughs> Just loving it. <laughs> that is that is very good news. Uh, hey, so if you've never listened to this show before, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. This is a show where we tell stories about science, technology, things like that. But we don't just... It's not like a lecture. We don't just go through the cold hard facts. We look at the intersections of science with politics, history, culture, other aspects of society. We sort of use science as a... As a well, we use those things as a lens to interrogate the science and what it means as part of our world, and we try and have a fun time. Um, We've been releasing episodes for a while now, but if you haven't tuned in and you aren't aware of this, before The Uncertainty Principle was a podcast, it was actually a series of live performances slash shows that we did at the Perth Fringe World Festival over the course of three years, 2019 to 2021. Actually, can't believe it's been going for that long. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Yeah, and so we've released one of the live episodes before because we banked all those thinking we were going to do something with them eventually. And this month, we've got another one of our live performances for you. It's from this Perth Fringe World 2021, just a scant few months ago. How much fun was that? Oh my god, I had so much fun. And and as you'll hear later on, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do it, what with all of the, the things. global pandemic yep. and all, but, but we did, and it was so much fun, and I'm so grateful that we got to have that experience. It was such, such fun. Yeah, it was really great, actually. It was a really fun run of the show. Um, we, we sold all the tickets, which was super nice. We actually won uh, a comedy award from oh, Fringe yeah. World, which is just <laughs> phenomenal to reflect on. It's just like, oh, cool, a science show won a comedy award. I love that. Um, but this year at Fringe, because of like COVID and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get Taryn in or whatever, we decided to do a slightly different format of the show, which which you'll, you'll hear about, and you'll hear the whole story in a minute. But essentially, rather than us breaking down a single science topic, as you've probably come to appreciate on this show, it's kind of more of like a talk show thing, more of like an interview, like sort of late night talk show, but with scientists. We pull in some really cool scientists from around Perth, and we just talk to them about their work, and it was really, really fun. Um, mm-hmm. So you'll you'll hear the introduction to that in a minute. Yeah, and we'd love to give a shout out and thank you to our um, guest scientists who joined us on this episode. So for this one that you're about to hear, it's um, Alex Bullard and Alexander Karan. Yeah, they were both great. So uh, the Alexes, as we call them, definitely. Uh, the Alexes. <laughs> it's a fun show. Yeah, stay tuned and, and listen to what the Alexes have to say. Okay, great. Well, we'll catch up with you again at the end of the show. But now you're going to hear Ben and Taryn from a few months ago. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Uncertainty Principle Presents Science After Dark, a science talk show. Uh, We'd like to begin the show by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Noongar people of the Wajuk Nation, and paying our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We are so excited to have you here tonight. I'm Taryn, one of your co-hosts. And I'm your other co-host, Ben. I'm a physicist. And I am a marine biologist. And together we make up the duo behind The Uncertainty Principle, which is a uh, science comedy show that we've run a couple times at Fringe now. Uh, Do we have any repeat viewers in the audience? Gotta make some sound, I can't hear you. Well, I can't see you really. A home crowd, that's what we need. (laughs) So we're really excited to have you back. I'm thrilled that we have repeat listeners um, because we have a brand new show for you this year. That's the Science After Dark bit. And the reason that we have a new show for you this year is that our show's like a tiny bit cursed. Yeah, and that may... <laughs> the cursed thing may be a little bit weird to hear coming out of the mouths of two scientists in a science program, I but do. it is true. We hope yes. you will agree because we're now about to tell you the story. Yeah, so the story of this show is that Ben and I met back in 2018 doing a science communication competition called Fame Lab. If you can not, not tell by our voices, we're not from the same place. We're not. <laughs> I was actually living in Queensland at the time, and Ben was from here in Perth. And we had a great time at the competition. Uh, neither of us won. And so we like, had such a good time that we didn't yeah. win. We were having too good of a we time. We had too much fun. Yeah, there so were like, a few temper beers after the training session. And yeah. I don't know if anything's changed. So we didn't win, but but we hit it off, and we decided to strike out on our own and do our own thing. And so we decided we wanted to make a science comedy podcast. 
Now, podcast, you're thinking, not normally. Usually on the radio or yeah, in my phone. Yeah, not normally like on a stage. Not looking at it with my <laughs> eyes most of the time. No, that's kind of the whole reason I like podcasts because I can do the dishes. We know what you're thinking. And that's why we decided to do it live on a stage at the 2019 Perth Fringe Festival. Which, like, the more I think about it, like, what a crazy idea to be like, we've never done a thing before. Let's do it live. Yeah. No just, no strings here, baby. It's all live. That's so, just the kind of people we are. Yeah. So we started the show in 2019. And this is where the cursed part comes in. Because I was living in Townsville at the time. And I had to get here to Perth, obviously. So I, uh, we had the show booked. We were selling tickets. And in then, fact, we'd sold like a, an alarmingly high number of tickets. And I don't know <laughs> if anyone remembers back in the deep dark days of early 2019. But like Townsville in Queensland was underwater. And the yeah. airport was closed. And four days before the show, Taryn's texting like, I can't leave my house. My street's <laughs> flooding. My car's flowing down the street. The airport's closed. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And we're like, fuck, we sold so many tickets. But, you know, eventually... The sun came out and it dried up and we were spared. We were able to do our show and it went great, I'll have you know. And then we were like, the following year, we were like, okay, that was a fluke. Couldn't I also, happen again. Couldn't it's happen again. so dry this summer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and by this time, <laughs> I was living in Canberra. Mm. So the bushfires happened and... Again, uh, the airport was closed in Canberra due to fires and all of the roads leading out of Canberra. So I couldn't even like drive here if I wanted to. And again, we'd already sold tickets. But once again, somehow miracle happened and the airport opened and I was able to get here. Yeah, right. So pretty good, right? Two for two. I mean, what's the world going to throw at us in 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then, as you know... 2020. Uh, But we had a bit more warning this time. Yeah, like way more. In fact, too much, some might say. We spent a year going, ah, we're probably not going to be able to do that show. We don't know if Taryn's going to be able to get in. Ah, well, that's not the end of the world. But then we had a brilliant idea, which would take a lot of the work of the show off of us. So that's even better. Which means rather than a format where we explain things to you in a, in a very like learning about it style together, we thought we would do something that we think is pretty unique, which is a science talk show. So we've got a bunch of really cool scientists and STEM professionals from around Perth who are coming on the show to talk to us about their work and have a couple of laughs. We're very excited. It's going to be a great show. We have some excellent guests for you here tonight. Um, we're going to have a chat to them. And then also, because this is a smaller space than we're used to. Kind of an little, intimate, chill yeah. vibe, you know? You know, there's we can't have as many people in here for COVID restrictions. So we thought we'd make it a little more participatory. So there's going to be time after each of our speakers for you to ask them questions. So get percolating and thinking about what you might want to ask them. Um, And also at the end of the show, we're going to be playing a little bit of a game that we like to call survival of the fittest. And how that works is... It's a fight to the death. Weapons stored behind the stage. (laughs) It's a uh, game where we pit our scientific prowess against that of our guests. And also you guys get to participate. And just FYI, uh, last night the audience won. Yes. We have a terrible track record at this game. We've now done this show two separate seasons at Fringe and we haven't won the game even one time. So don't feel like this isn't something we're doing to dunk on you guys and show how smart we are. We do it at risk and persistent uh, occurrence of our own humiliation. So it's really for you. Yeah. So look forward to that. But without further ado, I think it's time for us to have our first guest up. He is a programmer and the co-founder and CTO of a climate startup. Please welcome to the stage, Alexander Coran. And he was sitting among you the whole time. (laughs) Hey. Hey, Alexander. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So, what does a programmer do about the climate? Uh, <laughs> he Googles until he finds an answer ah. and then passes it off as his own. I you see. know, that's uh, <laughs> a bit of programming humor for you. Okay. So, so, could it be that what you're wearing on your shirt is what you're going to talk about today? A, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shameless merch plug, you know? Yeah, cool. Like, oh, can we buy those? You can buy. Do you have a stall set up outside? <laughs> Not outside, but. Online. Okay, oh. well, they look pretty cool. So if you want to see Alex's shirt, talk to him at the bar after the show. <laughs> Great, Alex. So tell us about Climate Clever. What do you do? How do you try and solve climate change using programming? Okay, so um, so one thing you hear a lot is that, you know, it's all hopeless. 
we're going to die. You know, the government's not doing enough. Starting um, on a light note here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel all those things, but I usually don't bring them up in a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I deal with them every day. It's mm. quite depressing. Um, but um, so basically, we're, we're sort of allowing the community to take action because it's quite clear at this point our leaders aren't going to save us. So I guess we're going to have to do it. Um, so we empower schools, homes and businesses and local governments to uh, reduce their carbon footprint, save money on the utility bills and as a collective actually make a really big impact. And we do that through having a suite of uh, software, you know, apps that people can use. Um, and in that's the short way it works. Yeah, right. So it's like what software people can buy and then it like tracks all of their shit and tells them how to be better. Yeah. So you just subscribe to our app, whether you're school, home or business, and uh, we measure all your utilities, tell you what your carbon footprint is about those. And then we like maybe help you audit your building. And then we start suggesting actions for you to reduce your footprint. And then obviously, as you reduce, you also save money at the same time. Yeah, it's fantastic. So that's when you say so cool. measure all of your stuff, how are you doing that <laughs> if I subscribe to your app? Do you, like, come to my house? <laughs> like, excuse me, yeah. I'm here to measure your they water bill. Your meter readers now. Uh, that, would be, that would be great if we could, do, if we could afford to, to send someone out. I, I reckon we'd have more sign-ups every day. Uh, no, you basically you just enter your bills currently. Um, and then, because that's the only accurate way for us to track, is like you actually tell us what your bills are. Um, but we do have a pretty exciting feature this year coming where you just log into your Synergy account and we just grab all your bills for you. Nice. So. Uh, even oh, that's easier. Very convenient for people who don't want to upload shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. Programming yeah. trickery. Yeah, nice. Mm. So, how did you get involved in this? I mean, what makes you go like, all right, I'm going to save the planet with computers? Um, so, I got involved by accident. So, I used to work for a dev agency, which is like a, a horror place where we just churn out like 50 apps a week it's like hell on earth wait is that where you get all those really bad apps in the store that are like worse versions of really popular things and they make the name really similar but, but different yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's just pretty much that right so I, I burnt out from that job pretty hard and I was I had this really nice cushy job lined up and my partner and CEO of Climate Clever was like oh here you're leaving the agency do you want to come and work for Climate Clever and help save the planet. And I was like, actually, it'd be really nice to have meaning in my job. Hey. You know, like actually make a difference, you know. <laughs> what a novel idea. I know, right? Because <laughs> uh, programmers are mostly responsible for a lot of the problems we're currently facing outside of climate change. I don't yeah. think we can be blamed for that one. Well, uh, well maybe we've you know, crypto coin. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah. So, Well, we're going to come back to that a little bit later. But yeah, so you, you, you felt like... We're all dying, but you may as well do something about it. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, without getting too dark, I think we're all screwed. But hey, I want to go out Excellent. swinging, right? Like, <laughs> cool, cool, very cool. All right, um, very fun vibes tonight. <laughs> yeah, sweet. So, uh, if we were going to try and not die, um, what would be your like main tips? What, what, what have you like? In, what, what have you gleaned from running this? Thing? Okay. Like, um, so my my golden tip is. Everybody always focuses on waste. They're like, oh, I'm going to start being careful about what I throw out and recycle or have a worm farm. That isn't going to do anything for your carbon footprint in comparison to reducing your electricity consumption. Really? Like electricity consumption in Australia makes up so much of your carbon footprint. Like if you take steps to reduce that, that will have the biggest impact on your carbon footprint straight away. So like just... You turn stuff off when you're not using it. I can really not stress that enough. Like, get efficient lights, you know, and, and shut the curtains during the day when you're not at home so your air con doesn't need to be on as much when you come back. It's just the little things. Does this feel like being yelled at by yeah. your dad? <laughs> like, That's how it feels what did I tell me. you about keeping those lights on? Yeah. But it's like so many people don't do it. They're just like, oh, yeah, I just All need All right, the dad. Yeah, no, it's great, great advice. Um, have you, I, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. I mean, it is that simple, I guess. Like, what if we just all aren't fuckwits and then, like, everything will be a little bit better? Well, you know, I've, you know, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that statement sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> um, Don't say it out loud. Okay, have you landed any whales? Like any, any, any like big organizations, anything like who's, who's like the coolest? What? Like, whales. Yeah. I'm a marine biologist and I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, I just mean to say like, what's the uptake like on Climate Clever? Um, so, oh. <laughs> so it's, it's um, we've officially been around for like almost two years. So it's uh -huh. been. It's Congratulations. Been a, thanks very much. It's been a bit of a, 
you know, slow growth. But uh, over the last six months, we've been getting local councils to sign up. That's very cool. Yeah, wow. which is really cool. And they're subsidizing or, or, you know, making it free or getting a discount for all their, you know, That's the people. Fantastic. What do you call people that live in a council? Six. Residents. There we go. Human Thank you. beings, people. Alexander. Yeah, yeah. That's what you call them. <laughs> Programmers sitting here like, what do you call the end user of this product? <laughs> mm. They're just numbers on a screen, right? Like... And is there any potential for you to, with the councils, be able to like gamify it? So like make it so like, hey, your next door neighbor is saving more energy yeah, than you. Aren't so, you jealous? So next week we're releasing leaderboards, which actually oh, shows yeah. you where... Yes. That's it. You've done it. We're going to save the planet in no time with that kind of thing. <laughs> but, but we're trying to be nice. So it only shows you the top three and then where you are because we were like, we don't want to shame people. Oh. We don't want to be like... No, shame's very yeah, effective. I disagree. Name and shame. <laughs> Top three and bottom three, absolutely. Oh. You don't need to worry. I'll be there looking at the database, <laughs> shaming those people in private. Like, oh, Joe Bloggs that lives at what's so addressed. Oh, it's not doing a good job. Yeah, okay, great. That's well, so cool. Okay, so we're kind of backing into something here that I know you're very knowledgeable and passionate about that I want to talk to you about. And okay. it, it relates to something that you said earlier where you said I think programmers are responsible for a lot of the bad things in the world right yep. now. And I know you're a person who's interested and you know knowledgeable about data privacy. And, uh, <laughs> this is going to be spicy. Has relatively strong opinions about what we should all be doing to protect our data. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Really strong opinions. And people look at me like I'm... You know those people with tinfoil hats you see in the street? Mm -hmm. They look at me like that. And I'm is like, yours backstage? Should we go get it? <laughs> we had to keep it off for the lighting. George in the booth wouldn't let him wear it. It was like a, it was a whole thing. We had to really negotiate. I think it brings out my eyes, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. So, like, all right. Very quickly, why should people give a shit about their data? Um, I think, oh, God, that's a real big question. How do I sum that up? Okay, you should care about your data. Not because you have anything to hide. It's not about that, right? It's more about what your data gets used for because that's the problem. And, that, and people are like, I've got nothing to hide. I don't care. Right? But you know, if you allow your freedoms to be eroded, by the time it's gone too far, it's too late. But also, if your data gets used for stuff that can't be undone once it's made, you know, like uh, a really good example is uh, a bunch of scientists, not well, scientists, you know, Data scientists. I don't know if they're scientists. <laughs> Ouch. Some, some real shade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the opinions of Alexander do not represent the opinions of the uncertainty <laughs> principle. All science is created equal. <laughs> Look, that's just simply not true. Um, so uh, in, uh, in Eastern Europe, created this AI that you could take a photo of a woman, and as long as she had some skin visible <laughs> oh no like i don't it, like where this is going visible off that. it could accurately depict how they look naked and what? render a photo right and that was only possible because all of us here keep sharing photos online willy-nilly with everybody that's how they Careful had enough choice data. Of words there alexander yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so but the thing is and eventually the developers took it down and they're like oh we shouldn't have made this and released this but like it's already made now it's Wait, they already released yeah, they put it out on Android Store and it was available to download online. And wait, wait, wait. So the people what? who made this app also later had the presence of mind to be like, <laughs> that was a bad idea. Like, how does that not occur in the process of making? Like, what, what other reason? Were they like, oh, this is just a fun exercise in programming. Let's see if we can do it. You know, why else are you making a nude faking app? That's, that's pretty much what programmers are like. They're like, yeah, let's see if we can do it, right? And they don't think about the consequences. They're yes. just like, yeah, let's see if it's possible. So Isn't that saying? the plot of Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all those dinosaur nudes being posted on the internet really uh, yeah, ma yeah. made a yeah. except, except in Jurassic Park they keep reopening the park back up yeah you that's know? what yeah. it is but I guess I, I think after COVID I can see why that would happen you know so okay so, so your point is that like sharing your data even if like it's not identified to you personally in a way that harms you it's just like having this enormous amount of human data out there yeah. can be harvested and used for evil things yes totally okay mm. and so we should all care about it to prevent shit like that from happening yeah yeah and uh, we should also get the fuck off Facebook I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to I know. no I've no, been you, doing you're, it uh, you're all allowed to you, yeah yeah, but so like, like, where will I see my memes of like cute cats and there's, shit? There's other places. So like, get 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 rid but of. But I like my memes. 
That's what I like about Alexander. He's not like, get over the memes, Darren. He's like, let me show you where the dank memes are that don't require you to give your data to Zuckerberg. Yeah. So like Facebook, get rid of that. Get rid of Instagram. Get rid of WhatsApp. Get rid of Messenger. Anything to do with Facebook just needs to go. How do I communicate with people? Right. So like... (laughs) <laughs> Use a messenger app, right? Like, if you need to talk to someone, like, call them or message oh, them. Oh, calling. Right? That's from the yeah, 90s. Not happening you don't do that anymore. But what, okay, just, well, then, what messaging apps do you recommend? Um, so, I recommend Signal and Telegram, both really good. Uh, iMessage is also good as well, um, although Signal and Telegram are far better. Um, yeah, so just create some groups with your friends, groups with your family. You can share images, videos, talk to each other in a private setting, you know? Yeah, that's it's great. Okay. I'm also delighted to get this message out because I use Telegram for these very reasons. And every time I'm like, message me on Telegram, everyone's like, what the fuck is Telegram? <laughs> Can't I message you on Facebook Messenger? And I'm like, cool. The only way I can have a social circle is to have this app on my phone. So yeah. if everybody gets out of this bullshit and into better apps, then we'll all be better off. Yeah, totally. And also, I feel so much better. Like, when I got rid of Facebook a few years ago, like, it's weird. It's like I stopped caring about certain things. And it was great. And and then people were like, but don't you care about talking to people? And I'm like, but if I actually like the person or I'm invested enough, I'll message them. You know, like, I don't need Facebook to remind me to talk to them. This coming from the man who forgot what human beings were like eight <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> um, and then I guess the other thing I'd recommend is uh, try not to use Google. Um, there's some really good alternatives. DuckDuckGo is one. Uh, there's also this other one, I always pronounce it wrong, called Ecosia or something, where they plant a tree for every search you do or yeah. something like that. I mean, that's like, you're for free, you're like preventing Google from getting data and also planting trees. So yeah. like, that's a no-brainer. What about Bing? Does Bing still exist? I, I, I don't know. I can't comment. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. On that oddly cryptic note, um, <laughs> I think it's time for some audience questions. Georgia, can we please get some house lights up? Oh dear. Anybody out there got any questions? You can just raise your hand the and then scientist. yell really loud because we can't give you a mic. Sorry. Down front here. Thoughts on TikTok? It's like if Facebook and Google had an even eviler baby. You know, like, <laughs> it's like wow. everyone's like, oh, you're just saying that because it's China. I'm like, they actually have software on the Android phones, right? Where they can reverse ping the phone and get the phone to run scripts of code on the android phone like that is next level stuff yeah so um basically we can make your phone do whatever we want is what i'm saying there so yeah it's worse it's worse so don't tiktok then okay (laughs) get off of it like i'm like an old grab bar honestly um, but you know it's good because you're young enough that people are like oh well he's one of us so (laughs) (laughs) we'll listen to him could i watch a youtube compilation of tiktoks that are funny i just want my memes man like youtube is okay but the thing you've got to be careful with is just like getting sucked into those black holes of misinformation. But I guess if you're more aware, it's going to be okay. Okay. That that seems like another like misuse of the data thing, right? Like funneling people down these like rabbit holes. And then YouTube, anytime anyone brings it up, is like, we don't know how to fix the algorithm. Sorry. Well, actually a really good way of explaining is never before in the history of mankind, have you had a team of hundreds of engineers Hundreds of designers, hundreds of product, hundreds of marketing people, hundreds of data scientists making sure that you spend an extra second in an app. Like, just think about it. That many people every day are going, I'm going to make sure you spend two more seconds in the app today and click a few more things. Like, it's nuts. Wow. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, I hope you all feel suitably shamed. because (laughs) I I do. Oh, we've got a couple questions uh, in the middle here. Who does anyone do you read the terms and conditions? So I try and read a good chunk of them. I mostly do keyword searches. What are um, the keywords? Go. Uh, <laughs> privacy, data, you know, just like anything comes up like that. Um, third party as well is the biggest thing to search. Like, uh, oh, so like they're selling your data. Yeah. To third so I recently parties. signed up for Binge. And I was reading through their privacy. Oh, no, I like Binge. Don't and I do was this like, to me. And they were like, <laughs> You're ruining we sh- everything. We will share all your information with Foxtel and its subsidiaries. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. So, like, <laughs> it's oh, like boy. Daily Mail. I'm like, Damn it. Yeah, so, Ooh. yeah, it's all right. pretty interesting. No binge. Do look for There was one more question, I think, up the back. Yep. Yes, it can. Can mass so, data collection be good? Pretty yes. Good. So my app is an example of that. Like my Hey-o. app. <laughs> Thanks for the slam dunk. 
<laughs> my app doesn't work without data collection. Um, but what I can tell you is that we're responsible with it. So like it's all encrypted at rest. We don't share any of your personal information directly with third parties. The only information we do share is de-aggregated data with the councils to let them know how carbon footprint is going in their area. And that's the best way to do it, right? Because your privacy matters. Um, so yeah, data collection is actually also the only thing that's going to save us, but it's how it's done and what it's done for. Fantastic. Well, uh, so Climate Clever, if you want to improve your carbon footprint, maybe your council has it for free. I guess you'll have to find out by going to the website. In the meantime, I think it's time. Can we lose those house lights, please, Georgia? Thank you. Do you think it's time? It's time for our next guest. She is a research fellow at the Telethon Kids Institute, whose PhD was looking at parent-infant interactions. Can we please welcome to the stage Dr. Alex Woolard? And Alexander's not going anywhere. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're very excited to hear about your work. So, if I recall correctly, your PhD was looking at parent-infant interactions. Is there a less formal word for that? Uh, The way that you play with your baby. (laughs) Sounds like a fun thing to research. But why? Yeah, yeah. well, actually, the really like nitty-gritty stuff that I look at is Mm -hmm. called baby talk. Is that like this? It is like this. Okay. <laughs> Should we do the rest of the show like this? I think that sounds great, Taryn. <laughs> oh, you need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, Ben. Ben, your baby talk is no good. Yeah, well. Not <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So baby talk. I don't, I don't know if anyone's heard of that before or if you have a baby. Um, you've done it. I guarantee you've done it. You've done it. Almost everybody in the world has done it. Really? Um, yeah. So it's this almost universal thing. Um, you just you put a baby in front of someone and they start doing it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's almost like like I feel like I can't control myself. No. I just see a baby and I'm like, look at the boo doo doo boo Exactly. And I'm like in an adult conversation. Exactly. <laughs> evolve. Look, I do it when babies go past me. I'm like, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Like an evolutionary instinct. It is. It is that indeed. So why is that? Well, it's really important. So the way that we talk to babies is important for a few reasons. But number one, it is how they learn language. So it's how they learn to talk themselves. Um, So it's really good at kind of pointing out parts of words or sentences that the baby needs to pay attention to. Oh. Yeah. Right. So and it's like simpler, so it's easier to wrap their dumb little baby brains around. <laughs> They're yeah. trying their best, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there are there are a whole heap of different, you know, aspects of baby talk. Um so simpler, yes, you repeat yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. And the thing are that you a cute little baby, yes you are. Yes you are. <laughs> yes you are. <laughs> Oh, this exactly. is fun. Cool. Well, was that better? Can I get a? Was you that are, better? You're getting better. You're getting okay. better. Well, cool. actually, it was a little creepy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't try too hard. Okay. Um, but the the kind of aspect that I'm super interested in because I think it's the most important, mm-hmm. and you know, studies have shown that it's super important is your pitch. Oh, so how high you go or how low you go. How low you go. And the way that you use it, so you make shapes with your voice. So you go, ooh. ooh. See how that's super interesting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to it all day. <laughs> for the remainder of this show, anytime a I guest is like bombing. This. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so, the audience in. so does this mean if you can't sing in key, you're going to have a worse time? Or a worse baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like no. you're, you're, <laughs> Okay, good. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you do not Tone deaf people singer. can still have children. <laughs> Absolutely. Not... Actually, that's funny. You say that. Um, so. Thank you. <laughs> Did you know? This is a comedy show. This, this is, <laughs> so this is actually a bit of useless trivia that you'll probably never use. But deaf babies hmm. with deaf parents, the parents use sign language that is similar to baby talk. Really? Yeah. So they repeat things. They use their hands more like expressively. Like not formal sign language, just like... Um, Instinctual sign language. No, they're no, teaching like their baby sign language. Sign language. Right, right, right. Oh, but they do it in a more exaggerated yeah, way. Exactly. Oh, cool. That's yeah, exactly. That's so interesting. Yeah, there you go. Huh. And that's like instinctual. So, yes. so what aspect of baby talk did you study in your PhD? So pitch, mm-hmm. 
But what I was looking at, so people have looked at pitch. It's really important and it's one of the really obvious parts of baby talk. Um, but what I was looking at is how the baby influences you. Ooh. Ooh. How? Ooh. I don't like the sound of that. No <laughs> punk kid's going to tell me how to talk. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry to tell you this, but they do. Well, okay, <laughs> how is that? have established I'm bad at it anyway, but go on. Just let the baby guide you. It's instinctual. We're being manipulated. (laughs) You you totally are. You just wait. Um, Yeah, so what I was looking at is, you know, what is is the baby doing to influence you? Mm -hmm. And what happens when a baby is not kind of interacting in a typical way? So I was looking at babies who were showing early signs of autism. Mm -hmm. So autistic people can often have, you know, trouble with – social interactions with others, eye contact, language, that sort of stuff. And all of those things are really kind of integral to interactions, right? Mm-hmm. So like the way that you are with other people. So the babies that show early signs of autism, you know, they they don't give as much eye contact. They don't babble as much. You know, they have issues with their language. So babbling is... Da, 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 da. Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I was looking at whether, you know, that the, the babies showing early signs of autism, what that meant for people talking to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did you find? Well, we do speak differently. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, like, so wait, the wait, wait, wait. Ba- so depending on how the baby is babbling or not babbling or making eye contact or not making eye contact, mm-hmm. we respond differently. Absolutely. So is that wow. like like a like an instinctual, intrinsic, like, autism spectrum disorder detector that we just possess? Kind for, of. For babies? Kind like of. Like, at that earlier stage? Wow. The big thing that I found, right, and this is not what I thought would happen, was, you know, with autism there are kind of two um, big aspects of symptoms. One is social communication so the way that we are with other people and then the other side is the sensory processing so being able to you know take in your the stimuli around you like sounds or touch or or, you know um, smell all that sort of stuff Mm. and if babies react you know quite strongly to stimuli so loud sounds covering you know the ears or you know crying that's what drove parents to talk differently. Interesting. Right. Yeah, so they'd kind of flatten their pitch a little bit. Because they noticed it was making them upset. Oh, exactly. that makes sense. So exactly. With that, can we like, what can we do with that information? To like people adjust to deal with babies that are showing early signs of autism? Well, I think the big takeaway message is that parents and really everyone around babies are super attuned to them. Mm. Right. So they pick up on you know, minute, you know, little things that they're giving off but like subconsciously right yeah like it's not like people who have these babies showing early signs of autism are like my baby has autism so they, I'm you do can't diagnose a baby yeah you have to wait till they get wow. a bit older well i can try don't <laughs> we that's could a make bad. an app <laughs> okay that's a bad idea i'm just gonna nip that one in the bud it, right there it could, it could analyze the pitch patterns of the parent to w- yep. figure out you know? i'll talk to you about this after the show <laughs> Baby Clever I'm, coming 2022. I will not be involved in that one. <laughs> yeah, but we can use that information to help with interventions. Mm-hmm. So because we know that parents are super attuned, we can use parents to help children. That's fantastic. Yeah. So if we like study the way parents respond, kind of exactly like Alexander was just saying in a joke way, we can be like, this baby is experiencing things that we wouldn't have otherwise noticed and then like be more prepared to deal with autism spectrum issues that may arise later. Yeah, and then you can also encourage, you know, really interactive talk with those kids to help teach them that this is how you interact socially with other people. That's so interesting. Yeah. That is fascinating. Can I ask, um, when you're doing research on babies, mm-hmm. does it ever get messy? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, like, when, I, when most researchers are dealing with human subjects, they're like adults who can be like, I need to go to the bathroom now. Or, oh, yeah, no, they I don't, don't want to do be that. here right now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, do you have any, like, horror stories of just, like, bad babies? Uh, I, look, I don't say bad babies. Okay. But I've definitely Unruly. been... I've been vomited on so many times. No. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's just, like, milk stuff. But, you know, okay. it's fine. All um, part of the job. Talk about suffering for science. That's yeah. really... You're in it. You're, you're knee-deep in it. Okay. Um, what... Hopefully not. But you, what is the... Um, what would you say is like the coolest or weirdest or most surprising thing you found? I think 
the, I, I, I don't know. I think the coolest thing is just learning about something that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. So baby talk, I kind of like didn't know that that was a thing, but now I do. And it kind of influences the way that I am around babies now. And I like pick up on everyone doing it. I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's good baby talk. What do you, um, think, <laughs> what do you think about the fact that people talk to dogs the same way they talk to babies? I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. Okay. So another bit of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> another bit of useless trivia. So you've got baby talk. You've also got other types of talk. And baby talk and these other types of talk are similar in different ways because of the functions that they serve. So pet talk, mm-hmm. pitch, really emotional, like, Hello! and it and it doesn't it, it doesn't matter kind of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So the difference between pet talk and baby talk is that there's no like simplification of speech and repetition and hyper articulation because you're not trying to teach the dog anything. You just love them. Um, but then there's also elderly talk. Oh, that doesn't sound great. This sounds like it could get spicy. Go on. <laughs> and then there's foreigner talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. But these are I think these we are all things. Hate that one, right? <laughs> we all hate that we kind of do it. What's like, elderly talk? Though? Yeah, like, I, we... I've never heard that before. Like I don't. You speak louder, so it's not uh, that bad. And oh, it, all, okay. it also that just does have kind. Yeah. Well, the person you know, might not be able to hear you. Mm. So, you know, that's and, – and you do kind of have a heightened pitch as well because you're caring. Oh. Yeah, so it's what not that That's bad. nice. That sounds it's better than bad. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. What about if you're talking to an old person you don't like? <laughs> <laughs> you whisper and then you walk away. <laughs> So with the, with the pet talk, it's just the pitch that matters? Because sometimes yeah. with my cat, like if he does something that I don't like, like brings me a dead mouse or something, then I'll say mean Wait, things. you don't like that? I don't like that. Okay. I have to clean it up. It's gross. But sometimes I'll say mean things, but in the loving pitch. So I'll be like, you little asshole. Why <laughs> did you put that there? I have to clean this up and I don't want to. You know, you can do that with babies too. Can you? Because <laughs> you're still teaching Good them words, know. right? Well... It depends, on, <laughs> depends on how early you the talk to them. The most important words, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It That's depends good. on how early it is, you know, first six months. You can just talk to them like this and say anything. Ooh, you could use that information. <laughs> Maybe don't. A lot though. of friends with young children. Very good. <laughs> Do you well, want to stay friends with those people? <laughs> 50-50. It depends. Well, um, shall we? Do you think it's time? I think it's time. For some questions questions from the audience. audience. Georgia, please. Thank you very much. We've got one down the front here. As I said, I was going to say what you were saying. Uh, First of all, to the best of my current knowledge, may God strike me down if I (laughs) die, but I have no kids. (laughs) <laughs> okay. That's a lot of foster wow. dogs, my man. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, cool. I mean, both cool. Both, both are cool. What you were saying could have been applied to dogs yeah. as or kids. There was just no difference. Yep. Oh, but there is. <laughs> there are we, slight differences. Yeah. Slight. So but. and it, and it does it depends on the age of the child so early on really mm. emotional like a pet mm. and then they get older they're learning language then it becomes more about repeating what you're saying we're going to hyperarticulate my words oh, and when they get to that age the kid knows that get rid of them <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of them. Okay, you heard it here first. Those, those are not, no, no, those are I think my up opinions. the back was first for the next question. Um, yeah, that kind of leads on quite well. So, my question was, so baby talk's good. Yes. But does it stop being good? Like, should you change the style? Ooh. Mm. Should you stop baby talk? So, my advice is just don't think about it because it will happen naturally. So, baby talk turns into what we call child directed talk. So, you, it subtly changes and it depends completely on the developmental stage of, of the child or the baby. So once they start talking, you naturally, you know, you talk back to them and it becomes more conversational. Um, so, yeah, don't, think, don't overthink it. Just do. I love that. You get that so rarely in life. Yeah. <laughs> don't think about it. Yourself, just Just do man. it. Yeah. Uh, I think there were two more. I think there was one over here. Yep. Mm. What if there's no baby talk coming naturally to you? Yeah, what if you speak to it like a business transaction? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I've heard this so many times. You, you, you're going to do it. Like children do it. You're, you're, you're going to do it. So you say it's impossible. <laughs> so, I, it's Alex not is a writing challenge. a program that takes your baby talk and translates it into <laughs> business text and then plays it to the baby. God, that's not that's not a challenge. Don't do that. <laughs> but I've had people say like, "Oh no, I used to talk to my baby. You know, I used to read them the newspaper and just talk to them like an adult." I guarantee you didn't because they probably wouldn't have learnt language. Um, you know, in that developmental time frame that they normally learn language. Um, so yeah, th- I don't think there's much of a chance that you're not going to use it. Um, the only exception to that is there are some tribes in like Papua New Guinea and you know other places around the world, there's only a few of them, where they don't do baby talk. Hmm. And this is something that has been kind of like passed down and it's, it's rare and they talk for the baby in an adult voice. Um, we don't know that much about that though. That's so interesting. Um, so yeah, that that's an area yeah. of research. A whole other thing. Yeah, I love that. but otherwise, we'll just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And don't feel silly. It's normal. Okay, I think we have two more quickly. One here. Men and women. Differences between men and women in baby talk. So, in within pitch that we the use that we use with baby talk, the only difference is absolute height. So as women, we have higher pitch naturally. But the shapes that we make are exactly the same. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So the ooh, anybody yeah. can do it. Anyone will do it. Will do it. Yeah. And does it naturally. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And Georgia in the booth, was there one from you? Two babies, Georgia. Two babies. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. It's super important for them. So don't try not to. It's it's really, really important because yeah, we've done studies where we talk to babies normally, just in an adult voice. They don't pay attention. They don't, they don't like it. Rude. They just I know, right? <laughs> well, they have to learn social norms, mm. and that's what we're doing. Okay. Uh, yeah. There you go. Give those babies what they need. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you've got any more questions for either of our guests, you'll have to talk to them after the show because it's time for us to move on. Georgia, how's that, please? Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, we have a very poor track record with what comes next, which is to say <laughs> it's time for our fun game, Survival of the Fittest. Can we get Nula to the stage, please? She's been lurking back there the whole time. <laughs> Thank you very much. And the lights are fun, which is how you know it's a game. I'm sorry. Thank you, Tara. <laughs> Me too. Hi, I am Nula, and welcome to the final segment of our show, Survival of the Fittest. In this game, it's Taryn and Ben versus the Alexes versus all of you. Uh, I will be calling out um, multi-choice questions and the way this works is our teams on the stage will have you'll all have 20 seconds to discuss and decide on an answer. Our teams on the stage will write down their answers on the little cards in front of them and you will all vote on your answers with clapping and whooping. Okay, are but we no yee-hawing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yee-hawing. horrors will be shown the door. <laughs> we'll disqualify the whole audience. Okay, okay. Are we ready? Are we ready on stage? All good yes. to go? Just, oh just to clarify, okay. do we write down like A, B or like yeah. the whole answer? No, a, 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 B or C. Okay, on your cool. card there. Okay, to start off with, we got two truths and a lie. So wait, we have to say what we think is a lie. Yes. We mess this up almost every yep. night. Almost I need to clarify. Like, that one's true, put it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, A, the collective noun for frogs is an army. B, female farts tend to smell worse than male farts. <laughs> that is no. definitely true. That <laughs> is so true. C, the first animal in space was a monkey. How would they measure that? Anyway. Okay. 20 seconds and counting. I don't believe that. That sounds high. <laughs> Fake news. Okay, write down answers. Write down. Alex, you got it. We got it. We ready to go? 
We're feeling pretty confident, or at least Ben is. Oh, I had oh, no okay. part oh, cool, in Taryn. this Are we going to start throwing each other under the bus with these <laughs> yes. question responses? Yes, because, we are. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, we'll start with you guys. Who thinks the lie is, A, the collective noun for frogs is an army? Okay, wow. cool. We know, no we know our grandma. This is a bunch of herpetologists. <laughs> they know their way around a frog. Okay. Okay. B, female farts tend to smell worse than male farts. Yell, yell out. Yell, yell, I can't see you. Um, Clap. That one worries me because that seems very subjective. But <laughs> so I was saying, how would they measure that? Okay, anyway, and anyway. C, the first animal in space was a monkey. Okay, on stage, what did we have? Well, well, B, because because <laughs> men's farts do smell the worst. Because if it's the lie, it means that men's farts are the worst, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. We, we put down C because I'm pretty sure it's a dog. No, no, it's not. But C is the correct answer. They were fruit flies. Fruit flies were the first. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, oh. if we were counting the fruit flies. But yeah. Fruit oh. flies don't count as an animal, though, well, do they? Yes, they, they definitely they, do. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Forward? Anyway, you yes. guys are correct. <laughs> Thank you. If we, yeah. I mean, That's you're not a biologist. This is the but best yes. we've ever done at this game. <laughs> yeah, we're oh one God. for one. Okay, okay, <laughs> question two. Which of the following is the name of a chemical compound? So okay. which of these is correct? A real one. Which of the, uh, And then the other two I just made up myself. Okay. I don't remember a. any chemistry. Just a, coming tonight. <laughs> B, sexitone. Or C, orgasmic trium. One of those is real. One of them is real. That's wow. right. Can okay, you, can twenty you say seconds those again. Okay, right, yeah. Here we go. Is it? A real like chemical compound. Yes. Okay, a coming tonight. <laughs> B. Okay. Yeah, we're ready. A. Okay. B. Sexitone. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Less popular. C. Orgasmic trium. No, no, no one. Okay, oh. okay, on stage, so wait, what do we have? Wh- what do we think they did then? Was that A or B? A. a. That was yeah. definitely A. We also went with A. We agree with the audience. Oh, God, this is They're so usually good at this game. <laughs> oh, God, you're too good for me tonight. It oh, is yeah. A. Yes! All right. Coming tonight is a mineral that was discovered in Cummington, Massachusetts. So I'm from there. Not oh. Cummington. Okay. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. okay. All right. One more, Nola. One yeah. more. One last question. Right. Which okay. of the following structures... I don't think you understand how excited I am right now. We might go three for three for the first time so in exciting. three runs of this fucking show. Hey, which of the following structures is not part of the human bo- body? We got A... Islets of Langerhans. What? B. Canal of Schlem. C. Volga Don Canal. D. Bowman's Capsule. Okay, 20 seconds and. Can we have them again? Okay, okay, again, again. A. Islets of Langerhans. B. Canal of Schlem. (laughs) C. Volga Don Canal. D. Bowman's Capsule. All right. Okay. Okay. And go. Guys, can we get some help? Can we get a lifeline? Absolutely not. not millionaire. You cannot phone a friend. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Not D. Oh. You can't help them. That's really helpful. Am I allowed to use Google? Okay. Okay. That's it. I think it's time. That could have been a fake out. That could have been a fake out. Ben's really concerned. Okay. Okay. Who thinks it's a, Islets of Langerhans. Okay. Okay. B, Canal of Schlem. <laughs> C, Volga Don Canal. <laughs> Fuck! James is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> D, Bowman's Capsule. Yeah, okay. I respect okay. that. I respect okay, that. that. Was, that was C, was a definite go. What did we have on stage? We put down B, Canal of Schlem. <laughs> Schlem. And We D. went with D, D. whatever the hell what that is it? was. And, uh, it is C, it's Volga no! now, which is we a ship canal in Russia. Beaten by the audience the once okay. again. You guys went three for three, yeah, so three big for up to the audience. Yeah. Up to the audience. <laughs> Democracy well works. Okay. Oh okay. Uh, well, with that, that's the end of our game. Thank you so much to Nora thank and you, our guests, Alexander and Alex. If you want to talk to any of them, you can talk to them off the show, but we will dismiss you from the stage now. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Uh, what a fun show. I learned so many things. Yeah, I learned like, yeah, way more. Than, I have to yeah. delete my Facebook, which I'm sad about. <laughs> I've been telling myself I'm going to delete my Facebook for like two years now. It's still there. And I've been like, this year for sure. So this is me holding myself to account in 2021. <laughs> Facebook's been deleted. Anyway, hey, that's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for coming. We hope you've all had fun and learned something. We certainly have. Uh, thanks so much to our special guests, Alex and Alexander. Thank you very, very much to our producer, Nula. A very special thanks to our other producer, Lily Prada, who's sitting among the audience. And where would we be without Georgia at the sound desk. Where would there. we be? We would be in darkness and you wouldn't hear us. Um, <laughs> so thank you to everyone involved. Uh, I think that's it. Anything else? Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at PrincipalCast. Yes. Which we looked. That was the best one. That we was the best we could do. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, and the Curio Network on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, not, not Facebook, yeah. not Facebook. Sorry, Delete Alexander. Facebook. Sorry about that. Rescind all of that. <laughs> go dark, go off the grid. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>So, hey, thanks so much for listening. That is it for this month of The Uncertainty Principle. It's a little bit of a throwback, a fun fringe world memory. Hopefully you enjoyed the live Hashtag show. Hashtag TBT. Yeah. Throwback, throwback month. Throwback today yeah, throwback today throwback today <laughs> that classic hashtag that's right hopefully you enjoyed the live show format hopefully you had a good time if you did and you want to get in touch with us you can check us out at principalcast on twitter or you can get uh, at curio network on facebook instagram or twitter or you can get me personally at dr bt McAllister. And me at Science Terran. Yeah, that's, you know, one of the ways you can get in touch. Uh, or, you know, if you really like the show, it's always really helpful if you want to leave us a rating or a review or do all of the shit that every podcast asks you to do that you never do. <laughs> you know what? I've actually started doing it. Seriously? I've finally started doing it. Well, because I can't ask yeah, people true, no. to rate mine. And not rate other people's. Yeah. So that's a and I also started legally leaving like Google reviews for restaurants. Wow. I'm just, I'm just giving out five stars to the world. Karen, that's such positive. Put out energy. into the world what you want to bring back. So Yeah, so if you want to the secret Taryn and help her get back some of the energy <laughs> she's putting out, then you have to go leave us a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's great. Love it. Thanks again to the Alexes. That's Alexander Karan and Alex Woolard for their really interesting research. And thanks to Nula for so producing cool. and running our fun little game at the end there. So thanks again for listening. And we'll catch up with you in a little while. And until next time, do you want to say it? I will. Stay uncertain. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>